you're listening to the Down East Mike Podcast, the quirky little podcast from Maine. And now, your host, Down East Mike. Why, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to the Down East Mike Podcast, video cast, 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 etc. Uh, we are a, kind of a, a unique uh, podcast, that's for sure. We, we have a video podcast. We have the regular podcast. We're all over the place. As you can see, I'm still on vacation down here at the resort. Things are going good. We were only supposed to be here one week. We got here, oh, 1st of June. We've been here for a while. We've got one of those timeshares. And the way that came about was this fellow was... Uh, came up to us, we were on the beach one day, we just went down to visit, and this fellow came up to us on the beach, and he said, you're kind of pale, and we said, yeah, we know, we spend the winters in Maine, and he said, well, you could take part in something, if I offered you something, it's a pretty good deal, you're just going to pay a little bit up front, but then you're going to have this thing called a timeshare, and you're going to get into it where every year you can come down here and stay, at a certain time and mother and I talked about it for a while it seemed like a great deal and it really is it's fantastic you've never had anything till you've had a timeshare uh, all we do is we just sign up for it this is well this is the day we want to be here when we come down and we don't pay for anything the linens are all there and the silverware and they got pots and pans Sometimes the last guest will leave us a box of cereal or something. And we go down, we can do whatever we want. We hang out on the beach and play tennis and go golfing. Everybody rides around on golf carts here. It's really super friendly. The only thing is now the airport stopped flying for a while. They're short on helping pilots. So we're not sure how that's going to work out. But anyway, still on vacation, still loving life, having a good time. Hope you are too. Today is Saturday, June 18th, 2022. This is the Downies Mike Podcast, episode number 38, News and Commentary. And our motto is, some of this is whimsy, some of this is true, and the interpretation of it all is entirely up to you. Today's headlines, uh, today's episode, we have a Miss Earhart crossing the Atlantic from this day in June 18th, 1928. Nixon meeting with Brezhnev, June 18th, 1973. That was momentous time. Uh, we have the main marsupial of the moment. And we have birthdays. We have the word of the day, of course. And we will go to the headlines first. When I turn sideways on the camera, I look like a turkey or something. I got like the big gobbler hanging down. I hope you don't mind. I am what I am. This this webcam here at the resort, it I think it distorts my features. I and I can't I don't have my makeup room, so I look like my skin looks like I'm sunburned or something. Maybe I am a little sunburned. Uh so the local headlines, I'll read them to you. You don't have to check the news after this. Vaccines for preschoolers are expected to be available in Maine early next week. The Maine Boat Builders show was canceled because of struggling, they put quote, struggling economy. That's sad. 
Who's going to build boats? Paul LePage distances himself from main GOP platform on abortion and same-sex marriage. You see him stepping sideways on that. Uh, sports news. We don't really cover sports news because it it's pretty much the same. Sports news, someone wins, someone loses. Or if it's soccer, they have a tie so they can play extra minutes. Uh, Maine makes a new push to revitalize former Loring Air Force Base. Maine communities expand the Juneteenth holiday events. Here's one. Free admission for dads at the Maine Mineral and Gem Museum. That really sounds kind of sad. That sounds like the kind of place you'd go and there'd just be two dads there. You know, maybe one or two people looking at their shoes, not knowing what they're supposed to do. And they're supposed to be looking at the gems in the minerals. That sounds like a boring way. Uh, Maine State Police not asked to send Amber Alert despite connection and proximity. Wonder what that's all about. Western Maine Fire Chief is on leave following arrest. These are things just to pique your interest. You can go discover all the details here. National or international news, trains set on fire in India due to military hiring protests. I don't know if they wanted to hire more military or hire, hire less. Bitcoin plummets below 20,000. Boy, that's a buying opportunity. This is not financial advice, by the way. Uh, Afghanistan, deadly explosion rocks the Sikh temple in Kabul. That's unusual news, huh? Uh, some awful news from Disney World. We don't read stuff like that. Uh, Three travelers injured in San Francisco airport stabbing. Why is that news? The Southwest unchecked thirst for Colorado River water could prove devastating upstream. Gaza rocket into Israel breaks two-month lull. Oh, another, well, they actually embellished that San Francisco airport story. It's a man with edged weapon. So we no longer have knives, we just have edged weapons. All right, that's enough news. Let's go to the real news. Oh, our word of the day, I almost forgot. Stochastic. S-T-O-C-H-A-S-T-I-C, used as an adjective involving a random variable. So stochastic something, maybe if you're in IT, you hear it a little bit more often, but they're talking about a stochastic process involving chance or probability, a stochastic model of radiation-induced mutation. First known use was in 1934. It's from the Greek stochastikos, which is skillful in aiming, from stochastai, to aim at, guess at, or from stakos, which is target, aim, or guess. Here's an example in a sentence. It might help us a little bit, might help me a little bit more. Remember that stochastic readings scale between 0 and 100 with readings above 80 overbought and readings below 20 oversold. I don't know if that helped me much. The 12 by 3 by 3 weekly slow stochastic reading is rising at 56.68. I might have to set that word of the day aside because it looks 
It looks like a lot of fun, but it's just too complicated this time of day. What we do understand is the numbers associated with our birthdays of the day on the Down East Mike podcast. Our birthdays today. Happy birthday today to Will in Livermore Falls. Will turns 65 today. He works as a plumber. He's a pretty good one at that. Happy birthday, Will. And happy birthday today to Josephine of Caratunk, Maine. Josephine's been working remotely for a bank for many years, and she enjoys speaking with different people around the world. Josephine will be 48 today. Happy birthday to her. Uh, On this day in 1973, Nixon and Brezhnev were preparing a summit. Things sure change a lot. At quiet retreats more than a thousand miles apart, Leonard Brezhnev and President Nixon conferred Sunday with top aides on the eve of the summit talks, covering the breadth of Soviet-American relations from trade to disarmament. I only like this story because I like Leonard Brezhnev's eyebrows. They make me feel better about mine. And his were like miniature doormats. Maybe his most distinctive feature. Kept a lot of rain out of his face. Brezhnev, General Secretary of the Soviet Communist Party, remained at Cape Camp David in uh, Northern Maryland, uh, meeting with Foreign Minister Andrei Gromko and other high officials in final preparation for Monday's opening session with Nixon at the White House. They must have accomplished a lot at that that summit, huh? You know, this day, uh, 1973, you go to Kmart. We should share our screen for this one. This is exciting. We'll get our little screen share. What one do we want to share? The one with the Kmart right there. Share. That's pretty. I think you can see that. Kmart Super Savers. Uh, Monday and Tuesday, you get electric typewriter for $74. The room, what interests me on this one was the room size shag rug. And I was thinking of all the things that you can do with a shag rug. Let's see, it was 1997. Shag rugs can be used for decoration. They can be used to uh, for animals to roll around in, people to roll around in. They'd use them after they were in the house. People would take them out to the garage or the, or the carport and leave them out there for a couple of years till they, you know, kind of disintegrate. But shag rugs are more than just rugs, and I think people need to appreciate that. Leather Oxfords, $5.91. Uh, trash can liners, two for a buck. In summertime short shorts, a dollar forty-four. What's interesting there is it, it it's not a lot of money, but you, then again, you don't get a lot for your money. That's the whole idea of short shorts. I think guys wear them today. Some guys do. Men's or, or sorry, men's western jeans, three dollars and eighty-eight cents, and that's a little bit discriminatory because when's the last time you saw eastern jeans? There should be some jeans for Maine. Do we have any more in that ad? Yeah. A Wonder Ball, a dozen golf balls for three forty-four. I can hit them in the woods for that. A choice of putters for two eighty-eight. An indoor/outdoor utility vac for twenty-four eighty-seven for two days only. That's a Kingston. Look at all the accessories there. You've got 
if you got the little brush nozzle, you got the firm hard nozzle, and then like some of the longer ones. And I'm not sure today when you buy a utility vac, do you get all those? No, you don't get all those extra things. Jack stands 388. That'll keep the car off you. Choice of motor oil, four quarts for a buck. Wow, those were good times. We're going to stop the screen share. We're going back to business here. All right, here's an editorial from 1973 for rent. In Maine, housing's a serious problem, not likely to go away. Remember, this is 1973. In far too many instances, the lack of adequate low-income housing has per perpetuated a climate ripe for profit, plucking by those unscrupulous enough to capitalize on the plight of the poor. You call that greed. Slumlords, although a description perhaps too lightly tossed about by those who overstate the social obligation of the haves in defense of the have-nots, are not nevertheless a vanishing species. In Maine, as in the rest of 20th century America, the slumlord still prays with all the virulence of his predecessors during the era of the feudal system. Under good or at least adequate housing conditions, the law of supply and demand would discourage rent profiteering if not put the slumlord out of business. And this, this is an editorial from 73, and these are the headlines today. They're still talking about it. Uh, until Maine finds some solid answers to the housing crunch, broader and more stringently enforced municipal code, strong tenant organizations, and perhaps even rent controls will have to suffice as stopgap measures. So they are having trouble then, just like they are today. It's a sad thing. Uh, there was a letter to the editor that we thought we should share because it was it was quite, quite remarkable. To the editor, I am writing in concern to the state welfare in Lambert Lake. I don't know where that is, but we'll look it up. I think state welfare is wonderful when it's needed, but terrible when it's abused, as I think it is here. There is one family here that bought a new 1973 car and a colored TV and several other new items this spring. And every week they got their grocery orders and clothing orders from the state. Then they could afford to have a babysitter three to four nights a week. Then there's a family that has a new trailer house and they went to the state for groceries one week and the following week went and bought a second car and went to Bangor to the Loretta Lynn show. Boom, there it is. Also, there's the case where a couple went to the state to have a maternity case paid for while the husband was unemployed. Then the husband went back to work before the baby was born, but the state paid for the maternity case and they bought a new snowmobile. Boom, can you feel the outrage here? And there's a family that gets all their clothes and groceries almost every week from the state. The five children got outfitted twice last winter for coats, boots, etc. The father was working steady and the parents could have all the booze they wanted every weekend. Most of the men here were unemployed in the spring. One went and bought two new bicycles and a metal building just before he went back to work. A couple of days before he got his first check, the wife went and got a state order for eyeglasses for her and her daughter. I think this is a terrible misuse of state help. These kind of people live better and have more luxuries than us poor working people. 
we work and pay the taxes to pay for their luxuries, signed, the poor taxpayer. That's a remarkable letter to the editor. So glad that we, we were able to see that. Time to share the screen again because right now we want to show you this headline. This is, uh, this is from 1928 and, and uh, Amelia Earhart was crossing the ocean. You see that picture there. What a wonderful thing. Miss Earhart, the first woman ocean flyer. The fl friendship comes down off the coast of Wales. 20 hours and 49 minutes after leaving Newfoundland, lack of fuel forced descent early this morning. At big, big times for planes then, and they were starting to export planes from the U.S., and everybody was flying everywhere. This particular flight was a little bit of a controversy because uh, they, were, they were fighting over... Uh, uh, who was going to go first? And I think Amelia kind of jumped the shark there. She went ahead of the other person. That's a wonderful story. All right, so let's go back to our next story. This was uh, the Noble uh, Report. They were, they were looking for um, some people lost on the ice. And General Noble had informed the base ship Mitia Milano, that he had seen two seaplanes that were trying to rescue him. The seaplanes were flying overhead, uh, but they missed them. Uh, the flyers were in good spirits as they landed. They told the Associated Press that the plane had been forced to land because of shortage of fuel. He said bad weather and a heavy mist accompanied the ship the greater part of the journey while rain was almost incessant. Um, that was... That was in 1928 as well. Sorry on that story. It's a little bit murky. Uh, in Scarborough, Maine, some workmen were swept to their death when the uh, bridge uh, was swept from the foundation by a derrick car. There were three railroad workers were killed, two dying almost instantly, and one several hours later at the Maine General Hospital uh, when a bridge spanning the Boston and Maine railroad tracks just east of Scarborough Beach Station was swept from its foundation by a derrick car Sunday morning. Three other members of the work crew escaped with slight injuries when the mass of wreckage crashed down upon the moving work train. Sad story there. They go into some awful details. Uh, yeah, we're not gonna read that. And a little, a little, uh, expansion on that rescue effort. Here it is. It's from uh, Spitsbergen. That's that island. Uh, where is that? Out in the in Nor off, off Norway. And it's one of those places where it's dark 24 hours a day, a lot of parts of the year. It was Captain Larsen and Litzau home, Norwegian flyers. They flew over the noble party, which was missing, late yesterday without sighting them. The two airmen took off at 6 o'clock from the steamship Braganza and flew from uh, North Cape to the point where General Noble and his five companions are on the ice five miles east of Foyne Island. Both planes carried provisions and clothes for the stranded men. Although the flyers in their two planes apparently were over General Noble and his men for a period of at least one hour, they saw nothing of them. The Noble party, however, with tragic irony, was able to see there would be rescuers, but were unable to attract their attention. 
General Noble later sent a wireless to the base ship Citia del Mano at Kings Bay reporting that he and his party had sighted the planes. This information was felt at Kings Bay to indicate how difficult it would be to locate the Noble party on the wide ice terrain when they are, where they are stranded. All right, uh, let's go to our main marsupial of the moment. The main marsupial, there's only one marsupial actually in the United States. Traditionally southern mammal, it's expanding its range north. It lives in open woodlands and forest edges with a preference for habitat with streams, diverse plants, and many dense sites such as hollow logs. And it tolerates suburban and urban areas. It's an omnivore. It's the opossum. The possum eats fruits, worms, insects, eggs, and anything edible. The two-foot-long marsupial, about the size of a house cat, has white fur with longest gray hairs, a long, scaly, prehensile tail, a long snout with 50 teeth, and ears that often show signs of frostbite. When cornered, the possum falls into a death-like state playing possum. Possum are known to be immune to snake venom and rarely get rabies. That's comforting when you're going to get up close to them. They mate in late winter. They have seven to nine young born in March. And they spend the first two months in mom's pouch, unlike the kids today who spend the first 30 years in mom's pouch basement. Uh... And they're, the, again, the only marsupial in Maine and in the United States. We wanted to look into that a little bit further. The mammals are, are divided into three ma major groups. There's the monotremes, which are mammals that lay eggs, like the platypus. I love the duck-billed platypus. What a, what a funny little animal. The second group is the marsupials, which are the mammals that raise their young in pouches. And then there's the eutherians or placentals. These are mammals that carry their unborn offspring inside their bodies much longer than the other groups, and the young are nourished by the placenta during this time. Homo sapiens or humans, of course, fall into the last group and belong to the family of primates of which there are no wild animals in this group found in Maine. That is a topic of discussion. We know we have wild apes here, just Bigfoot. We've got to do a show just on Bigfoot one of these days. You know, that is our podcast today. That 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 kind of wraps it up. And until next time, this is Down East Mike wishing you and your loved ones a day that is full of grace, love, and kindness. We'll see you. Someone keep my car door. I'm not so sure I want to live in Maine anymore. I'm driving to Vermont, where the hills are green and the people there are seldom mean, except when they're texting. Gonna learn to drive my motorcycle in the snow. Gonna climb those green mountains there's nowhere left to go Gonna paddle my canoe down the Winooski River 
I'm driving to Vermont. I'm driving to Vermont. Brattleboro, here we go. Marlboro too. A Wilmington and Dover, Jamaica. Look at you. I'm driving in Vermont. I'm driving in Vermont. I'm going to Peru and Dorset too. Gonna jump into Lake Champlain. Wash away the pain. Gonna learn to drive my motorcycle in the rain. Gonna climb those green mountains. I'll paddle my canoe down the Winooski River. I'm driving to Vermont. I'm driving to Vermont. Searsburg and Grafton, Athens too. I'm driving in Vermont. Pulteney, Bennington, and Rupert. I'm driving in Vermont. A maple leaf just flew over my head. I learned to ride my motorcycle in the snow. Gonna climb those green mountains. Till there's nowhere left to go Gonna paddle my canoe down the Winooski River I'm driving in Vermont